welcome back, Calling It Audible fans. Today we're going to be dropping our first edition of our mock drafts, so hopefully you enjoy that. Also, we'll be looking at some other sports news, such as our Super Bowl picks and the upcoming UFC card. So, uh, Greg, um, what are your thoughts on Super Bowl? Well, I thought it was pretty good. I didn't, I didn't hate it. The Patriots weren't in it, so I didn't really pay that much attention. But I am glad the Chiefs won. I didn't really care for the 49ers, even though yeah. my other guy, Jimmy G, was a quarterback. Didn't play excessively well, but really interesting to see that unstoppable 49ers defense actually get beat. Yeah. It's kind of a... When I watched that game, it's like the 49ers played well, and they still lost. They really did. You know what I mean? So it's like it just ha- Kansas City Chiefs are that much better. It just opinion. goes to show that you can win in the three quarters before the fourth quarter, and if you lose the fourth quarter, you're going to lose the game. I mean, that's something Booger McFarland would say, but, you know. And you kind of saw how good, like, I know he got criticized by the analysts in the game, but Patrick Mahomes turned it on in the end. Well, he turned it I on. mean, he didn't show up for the first half. Granted, it's hard to show up against the 49ers defense when they're that good. He looked really good at the end there, and I I don't know. I don't know, but what was your favorite Super Bowl with. commercial? I'm curious. I always – I like the Super Bowl because it's – all, it's continuous like entertainment because you have the game and then yep. you have the commercials, which are and then also... you have that halftime show. Or I was telling my producer earlier today that I didn't blink during the entire oh, performance. That was a great performance. I think the, my favorite commercial was that first one, where they had the kid returning the kickoff or whatever, and he's juking everybody, and then he okay. runs out in the field. I thought that was really cool. I had a couple favorites. I really enjoyed the uh, Pringles commercial with Rick and Morty. Oh, Rick and Morty. Yeah. I, I'm a huge fan of that TV show. I didn't mind that. I thought the Hyundai was kind of funny with the uh, smart pock. Oh, yeah, the accent. They that had was Chris Evans, me. John Krasinski, and that Rachel Dratch, and me. just it was Gosh. it was atrocious. And then Ben Affleck, and then Big Poppy came oh, the in. Cheeto one. The Cheeto one was pretty funny. I I did enjoy that. Sorry, I can't hold that baby. I can't help you out of the fire. Fantastic. I have Cheeto dust on my hand. And I really, I think my favorite one of all though was the. Bud Light hard seltzer with Post Malone. Oh, yeah. That's a perfect ad. Uh, the, the thing that just hit me in the funny box was the taste buds where they're doing the – there's a mango commercial. And they're just like, should we have more? And then they do a cut scene to all the people arm hooked in the <laughs> mouth and it's like, give us more. I I don't know. It was just by far the favorite part. The one I didn't like was that Tide Pods commercial. I hate when they, like, make a joke and they – linger it out through other commercials that bothers me i don't yeah. know what about it i don't know i like charlie like, day though he's just he's the joke's so- dead so don't keep trying to push it on us like it's dead it's yeah over. that is true but i don't and if you're looking for more football being the nfl season has ended the xfl is starting I'm, february 8th at so 2 p.m so excited for i just hope it goes better than the aaf you know the first game is 2 p.m eastern center time on abc Somehow, ABC, Fox, ESPN, ESPN have coverage, FS1. Oh, and FS1. This is beyond me that this is actually on TV. National television. I don't even remember what channel AAF was on, but yeah, you got the Sea Dragons versus the DC Defenders for the first game. The LA Wildcats take on the Houston Roughnecks. I just hope it's good football, not just And you have the Vipers versus the Guardians. Yeah, I don't know. I think I'm going to miss the Nutcracker drill or whatever they did yeah. to start the, for the coin flip. No one's going like, to get a concussion anymore, great. but I'll, I'll run us through our Super Bowl non-monetary prop betting yep. recap, mm-hmm. which I am proud to say I won. I beat James by one whole point. Nice. Did I finish last? Or did you oh, yeah, you got dead last. last. The only nice. thing you got right was a Gatorade color, yes. which is the most important pick, obviously. So the first team to score 
Hunter got it right with the Robbie Gold's field goal. A good call. But I got the bonus point with the touchdown recipient being Mahomes. James with the bold Kansas City safety. I like it, though. There wasn't – that was – I wanted to see a safety. That's how you but. make money right there on betting right there. The first interception, no one got correct. No one got it. You got the Gatorade color yes. with orange. The over-under for the national anthem, both James and I got right with the under. I think it was actually around 150, so we beat it by nine seconds. The MVP, James and I got right, but it was really stupid because Terry Bradshaw intentionally made him say, we're going to Disney World, so he didn't really get to thank anyone. I, d- I didn't care for that, but, you know, yep. everyone's it's, – it's expected. It's implied that you're going to Disney mm-hmm. World. Let the man talk. The first song performed, it was none of our picks. Yeah, I don't even know what it was. I looked it up, and it was uh, Wolf Girl or something like that. She-Wolf, I think. She-Wolf. That sounds about right. The last team to score, I got correct with the Kansas City touchdown, which I bonus. Well, yeah, I got the bonus point, too, so that's actually two additional points. I think I beat James by one or two then because I said field goal or touchdown. And Okay, so old James got a touchdown. Hunter and I, one point, stay hot. Yep, so total is you and Hunter got one. I think I had five and James had four. Nice. So, you know, I give myself a pat on the back for that. But we're going to move into your favorite part about the offseason in the NFL. Trav, run us through your mock draft. The most exciting part of the year, I think. I'd rather watch a draft than the Super Bowl. Am I, am I crazy for saying that? Yeah, because the draft is you're just watching people shake hands, get announced on the stage. No, it's where you see your team make moves and become a elite franchise. I mean, that's every year, though. It's exciting. Anyway, so I think for the first two overall picks to the Bengals and Redskins, I think it's consensus that number one is Joe Burrow. Yeah, I think no, it's number one. No doubt. Number two, I think it's Chase Young. I don't think you really want to mess up on a great edge rusher like he is. Yeah, but Jadavian Clowney said the same thing, so I guess we'll see. I mean, he's an all-pro guy. It's not like he's a bust. He's still an all-pro guy who's still going to give you plenty oh, of Oh, yeah, he's, you're crazy not to take him. Yeah. But I don't know. I think the Redskins need to look at a different quarterback other than Dwayne Haskins. Don't think he's the answer. I mean, you can't say that because he didn't have a lot of help. I just don't think he's going to be a good quarterback. Lamar Jackson didn't have a lot of help. He just had, what, a running back? He had, like, the mo- how many Pro Bowlers did they have on that team this year? I don't know. Mainly on defense, I thought. They had, like, 12 Pro, bowl- pro Bowlers. Did they? Well, yeah. I don't know. Look, look what he does. He made a team good. Dwayne Haskins doesn't have it. Not the same type of quarterback. Oh, well. Okay. Anyway. For the third pick for the Lions, I have them going with Jeff Okuda, cornerback Ohio State. This pick could be traded Miami if Miami really wants to take Tua. Well, here's the thing. They don't need to trade up because Lions are going to draft Tua. They have you never Stafford. know, man. Never know. I, I don't like Tua. I, I don't see the Lions ever taking Tua. If there's going to be a trade, I think it's going to be here with the Lions. Yeah, but Dolphins. if we go on the athletic, they have a similar situation where they said the trade that could happen is the Dolphins trade up for the third pick and yeah. the Lions get – the fifth overall, a second rounder, the 39th, and then two second, a second and a fourth rounder in 2021. I was seeing uh, two firsts for that, for that fifth, or like two firsts Ooh, for that third. Yeah. That's a steep That's what I price. thought too, but I don't You think two is worth that, especially coming off that injury? injury? Yeah. Uh, four, right. I have the Giants taking Tristan Wirfs off to tackle out of Iowa. I think he's Not one a bad of the, pick. Probably the best non-bustable offensive lineman you have in here. Not really good in space, but if you really wanted to, you can move it into guard. I think he's really got the point of attack, strong hands, and a lot of production started every game at Iowa in his career. So I think he. Oh. Danny solid Jones tackle. needs all the offensive line. Oh, yeah, he can definitely. Get. That's where they need to build around him and Saquon. At five, we, we talked about this earlier, yep. Tua Tungavailoa going to the Dolphins with them and their three first round picks. Mm-hmm. 
Um, next, we got the Chargers taking Jedrick Wells, offensive tackle at Alabama. Again, another guy. This is a deep offensive tackle draft, so I wouldn't be surprised if you see six <coughs> offensive Minnesota tackles. Minnesota Vikings. <coughs> yeah. Well, at their pick, you don't know if there's going to be anything left at the tackle spot. There could be seven guys well, taken in front of them. If they're smart. Uh, Panthers taking Derek Brown, defensive tackle at Auburn. Okay. Guy, a lot of production. Um, again, Panthers one of the worst against the run last year. Need to plug up some holes in that defense. Well, they also have a quarterback situation. Yeah, Kyle Allen's see, a good quarterback. You could definitely but... see him taking there Tua if he falls or Justin Herbert. Um, yep. Next, they got the Cardinals taking Andrew Thomas, the tackle out of Georgia. A lot of questions with the guy this year if his heart's in it. He came in with a little extra weight, but I think again he's probably the best tackle and a whole talent mm-hmm. prospect, height, weight, size, abilities. I think he's one of the best tackles in the draft. Uh, Jaguars taking Isaiah Simmons, That's a the pick. utility guy out of Clemson. Listen, this basically guy, uh, Jabril Peppers two point. He can play literally anywhere on the defensive side of the ball. Yeah, so Jabril Peppers lined up 2.0. at corner, safety, outside linebacker, inside linebacker, edge. This guy could be even taking a pick three. I think he could go to the Lions. What Matt Patricia can do with him on the defense could be mind blowing. I think he could be really productive for a team like the Jags or the Lions who need the help on that side of the ball. Okay. okay. Browns, I have him taking Makai Becton. This guy looked really good this year. He's a huge human being. What is he? I think he's 6'7", 369 pounds. It's a large person. Great footwork, too, for his size. I think he's a guy who can really grow into his body and really help out this team that needs, that Baker needs help. Wasn't a question if Baker was under oh, a lot of pressure Baker last needs year. a new offensive line. Let's be real. Yeah. They miss Joe Thomas. Oh, definitely. Big time. Definitely. Uh, Jets, I have them taking Josh Jones, offensive tackle out of Houston. Again, it's another team where it needs a lot of help up front. I think yep. Sam, Sam Darnold, Darnold needed it this year. Looked under pressure a lot. and It's a good place to start. Solid offensive tackle out of Houston. Next, you got the Raiders taking CD. The CD's. Las Vegas Las Raiders. Vegas. Las, Las Vegas, Vegas Raiders, Raiders, baby. Taking CD Lamb out of Oklahoma. One of the, probably the most dynamic wide receiver in the draft class. Really speedy guy. No question his production at Oklahoma. Speedy CD Lamb. Yeah, speedy CD Lamb. Definitely one of the guys, a game changer, something Derek Carr needs on that side of the ball. Or Tom um, Brady if he signs there. Yeah, that could be a possibility Her too. rumors. And then here, Colts, I'm taking Justin Herbert, the quarterback of the future. I think this is the spot. If you look at the Colts now, they don't think um, – I forget his name. Why am I forgetting his name? Jacoby Brissett. Yeah, they don't think Jacoby Brissett's really Well, he's good, but he's not – He's not the guy, though, you're going to build. But I don't know if franchise. Justin Herbert's it either for them. I mean, there's a bold prediction – I think uh, Herbert could go fifth to the uh, Lions. Yep. Or even or sixth to the, to the Chargers. Yeah, he could go to the Dolphins. He could be the first quarterback taken. I, I don't think he would be. Especially with Tua's injury, how that Yeah, develops. it just depends on draft stock there, but I, I don't know. I, I thought say. Herbert looked good at the Senior Bowl last week. It's just the thing with Herbert is what can he do when he goes off script? Right. Can he make the plays outside of what is drawn up? Does he have what Aaron Rodgers possesses? Yeah, because you looked at at the Rose Bowl when the first option was there. What did he do? Tuck it and run. Yeah. Yes, it that's worked. All, that's all he did in the Rose Bowl. Yeah, it he worked. Had, what 187 passing yards? Like 200 and two picks or one pick? And, yeah. yeah, it's when if he does that in the NFL, it's not. He's his longevity oh, yeah. of his career is not going to be there. Just not going to be there, and that's not who he is. I mean, he's a huge person. He's also six six. Oh, he's and, got that Carson Wentz build. That's a big yeah. like. I think that's why he's so high is because of the yeah. size of this person. He's got that Carson Wentz build. But it, it could be interesting to see where Herbert jumps up or if yeah. he falls even Definitely got to watch in the draft, in my opinion. Yep. Uh, next for the Buccaneers, I got him taking Clavon Chase on, Ed Rusher at LSU. It's this guy This guy's really raw. Again, had a lot of production this year for LSU. Really shined in the playoffs. Again, I think Buccaneers need the help. They have uh, Shaq Barrett, 
Joe McCoy, they're all they're all going to go to free agency, so they need the help up front. Uh, next to Broncos, they take him Jerry Judy, wide receiver at Alabama. Why him over Henry Ruggs? I think Jerry Judy is just more explosive. Again, you think so? the production's been there. Yeah. I, if you look at the Broncos, what they need, they already got a big, tall guy in Cortland Sutton, and they got yeah. Noah Fant out of Iowa last year. So I think this would be a good complimentary piece for those two guys. Just have someone like a Tyreek Hill who just yeah. blows by his safety. This guy could he could he could break the sixty or the forty record. I think he could shoot below a four two. You think so? I really think he could. He Dang. could beat John Ross's record. I don't think he could. Wow. Uh, next, they got the Falcons taking AJ Esparza or Apenenza from Iowa. Again, the production's there. Take, has ability to take over games whenever he wants. I know for. But do you think the need for the Falcons is defense? I, I think it's offense. You think so? I mean, if you look at all around, other than someone that like to help Tack McKinley free up some space for him, I think it's really going to help him get better, especially if you have a guy like Espinosa who's going to be productive, who's going to be strong. He's not very athletic, but his okay. production will be there. And like I said, he has ability to take over games. Look what he did at the Minnesota game. Yeah. Two forced fumbles, two yeah. sacks. He. Took that over was that just, game. We, the Gophers just cannot play in Iowa. Yeah, I mean, no one can. And yeah, also, like, against hard. Wisconsin, against pro uh, offensive linemen. Yeah. One yeah. one strip sack that led to a, led to seven points for him. But um, next, I got the Cowboys taking Xavier McKinney out of Alabama. I think this is the perfect fit for the Cowboys. Need help in that secondary. Yep. They can play the run, very physical. I think he has great cover skills and really just kind of overshadowed that Alabama defense. Didn't get a lot of talk, but I think he's going to be really good at the next level. It's an underrated pick for yeah. a great spot. That's or you can also see a guy like Grant Delpit go there, the safety out of LSU. I think, again, they need help on the back end there. I know Morris Claiborne hasn't really been what Jerry Jones thought he would be, but, I mean, in the end, I think Xavier McKinney's the guy to go there. Okay. That's an interesting pick. Yeah. So you also think that C.J. Henderson's going to go to the Raiders via the Bears from I, the Kalamak trade? Yeah, I think C.J. Henderson, I, again, if you're going to have talent physique-wise, I think C.J. Henderson might be the best cornerback in the draft. Yeah, Tall so. guy, 6'2", 200, uh, 210 pounds, great ball skills. His tackling has been a little sketchy last year. If you look at the tape against Georgia, really okay. struggled tackling in space. But, again, all the talent in the world, all the cover skills in the world just can he do it the next level? I think he can. I think he's going to be one of the steals of the draft, especially if he falls that far. And then for your Vikings, Greg, I have him taking Javon Kinlaw, defensive tackle out of South Carolina. I know I know you guys want offensive line in Minnesota, but if you think about it, all that talent up front is going to be gone. Like I said, seven offensive tackles taking, taking that late. I, I don't like that pick. You don't like that pick? I think the Vikings are going to move up somewhere and get an offensive lineman I mean, because they desperately need it. Everson Griffin's not getting younger. Well, no one. They well, they have Daniel Hunter. They have Stephen Weatherly. I mean, they have all. They still have a great foundation. When you're getting a guy line. like Javon Kinlaw, though. What what pick are they? Twenty three, twenty six. Oh, there's something around there. They are twenty five. When you're getting a guy at twenty five, a guy in Javon Kinlaw again, another huge human being again, ability to take over games. Kind of mm-hmm. not his ability of production this year, but really his ability to take up blocks. Like he watched a Georgia game, he was getting double teamed, even triple teamed all game. Which well, I'm not saying up. he's a bad pick. I just don't know if that's the direction they want to go. Vikings for the past three years have been drafting on need, not talent. Yeah, that's what I like about. I think the Vikings historically always draft well based on that. Oh yeah, they they don't draft on who's the best. Rick Spielman's a genius at drafting. He's got great scouts, and what they're doing is perfect for everyone they drafted. Yeah, it's just, um, I don't know. I, I really hope the Vikings, I, they're going to, they're obviously need to address off front because yep. I thought Kirk Cousins didn't look comfortable all year in the pocket. And obviously, when he has time, I think he has the ability to be an all pro quarterback. Do you agree? You're not wrong. You're not wrong. Kirk Cousins shows flashes of brilliance, 
when he's got time. Yeah. I mean, he outperformed a lot of... I think he outperformed the entire AFC in the Pro Bowl yeah. with that precision passer. But it's just... It's um, not to say he's bad. It's just, yeah, he doesn't have the time. But I do like your picks for the Eagles and the Bills with Henry Ruggs and T. Higgins. Yeah, Henry Ruggs. I do think those are great picks for them. Henry Ruggs, again, another one of the guys that can absolutely burn down the field. Again, I think the Eagles need help. They had Elson Jeffrey all year. I think Carson Wentz needs more targets other than Dallas Goddard, Dallas Goddard and Zach Ertz. Yeah. I think they need someone who can stretch the field, and I think Henry Ruggs is the perfect guy for that. And for the Bills, T. Higgins out of Clemson. Again, this guy's Give balls, someone Josh Allen to throw yeah, to. Yeah, this guy's ball skills is very underrated. 6'5", huge target. And a guy like Josh Allen, he's not a guy who's going to be pinpoint. Mm-hmm. You know, he's going to be guys big arm, stretch of field. And I think T. Higgins is the guy you throw it around him. He's going to make that catch. His ability to make catches under when he's contested is unbelievable. I think we're going to see it this or see the Bills take him there. Yep, and then you have the Patriots taking Grant Delpit. I think that is a great decision. Yeah. I, I would love to see Bill Belichick take him mm-hmm. because it's unknown if Patrick Chung and or McC- Devin they're McCourty come back. Yeah. I, I'd love to see them both return because they're integral pieces of defense, but it's not guaranteed and it's a business. So yeah. I think Grant Delpit, that'd be a great fit for a exactly. secondary that needs it. It'd be and, a great compliment to lock down Gilmore yeah. too. I also think like if you're – if you lose Tom Brady, just keep that defense strong. That defense can keep you in games, and if you yeah. keep that defense strong, you're you're going to be a majority of games, even with or without Tom Brady. And then, what other ones you think are interesting here? Uh, Jordan Love to the Saints. I, I, I like. I, that. I don't know. You don't. Like- I would rather have. I as much as I hate the Saints, I think the smart choice for them is to re-sign Teddy Bridgewater. Yeah, I you, you could you could go to that under avenue. the assumption that Drew Brees retires. Yeah, the heat. But I don't think Drew Brees is going to retire. No, he's not on that note, especially losing to the Vikings in the playoffs. I don't know. I think Drew Brees signs a one year his swan song. I think he's done after this upcoming season. But I I don't know. I, I think Jordan Love would be a. But they have a what's his name that plays every position on offense. Oh, Taysom Hill. Yeah, but he's not your quarterback for the future. I don't know, the dude though. can throw the ball. He's also like. 28 he's not that young true he's just been all over the place if you get jordan love there he's a quarterback for the future I just, i'm say. not high on jordan love i don't really think, I, I know, think jake Fromm's a better quarterback than jordan i know love. jordan love he didn't really have the good season this year i mean he dealt with he, a coaching change yeah entire coaching change offensive coordinator and head coach yep. so i mean it's tough to learn a new scheme like that especially for a senior year but the production there is junior year through the roof production was through the roof and looked pretty good at the senior bowl so it's just kind of again where do you rank them upon that? Do you look at a guy like Jake Fromm and said to him, strength of competition? Okay. It's all there, but he got all the tools. Yep. He got all the tools to be a first-round quarterback. Just depends how they utilize yeah. him. And then I got the Packers taking uh, LaVisca Chenault, wide receiver out of Colorado. Over Justin Jefferson from LSU. Listen, Why? They got Devonta Adams. You got a guy like LaVisca Chenault. We saw we saw a guy like Debo Samuel for the 49ers, what he can do in that yeah. offense. And put him down another, another like offensive guru like um why can't I think of any names today? Matt LaFleur. If you put him on the ground like Matt LaFleur, what he can do in that offense, a bigger, more physical Debo Samuel, I think it's you give a lot of Aaron Rodgers a lot of options on the offense. You do. Expand the playbook, and I think it's something the Packers need, okay. especially since after Devonta Adams, there's really not much left there for your um, wide receiver talent. So I really yep. think they should take LaVisca Chenault there. Okay, you also have the Dolphins with the Texans pick taking Austin Jackson from USC. Yeah, I like this guy, offensive tackle, only 20 years old. Okay. Kind of didn't have a good year this year, but I want to know why. Why? He donated bow marrow this last offseason to his sister. Okay. So it wasn't really at 100%. I mean, I'm not a doctor, and I don't know how much 
donating bone marrow affects you, but you think that actually played an impact? I think it definitely, you didn't really get any rest, especially with that, your body has recuperated itself. Yeah. I think, again, this guy's 20 years old, really a good pick for the future. And if you're the Dolphins, you went quarterback. And here I have him taking DeAndre Swift. Yep. And now I have him taking Austin Jackson again. I think DeAndre Swift from Georgia would be a good pick because they clearly don't have a back field but what are they going to do with josh rosen because ryan fitzpatrick's coming back next year and if you say they're going to draft Tua, but okay, what are they going to do with josh if they would have if if josh rosen was a starter or like the future they would have started him over fitzpatrick wouldn't they well yeah josh they, rosen they, they just... weren't going to win the division they all knew they weren't going to make the playoffs so if you thought josh rosen was a future why didn't you start him earlier in the season true that's a great point to make but unless they're just giving him treatment to, or the petty mahomes that, treatment to grow you can use him a trade bait in this draft I, who who do you see Josh Rosen going you to? You never know, man. You never know. Maybe the Saints go and get him? Maybe. Maybe? Instead of taking Jordan Love? Yeah. Maybe the Chargers go get him? Maybe the Chargers. He goes back to California? Chargers trade up and get Tua? Yeah, this is, is endless possibilities. You never know, man. They're always here. So we round out the rest of the first round for us. And Got then I'll give you a surprise pick that I think. All right. And then after the Packers, at pick 31, I have the 49ers taking Justin Jefferson, like you alluded to. Yep. A guy, a lot of production, great this year. Great ball skills. Not really the type of athlete you want as your number one receiver, but again, all the talents there, all the physical attributes are there, and again, the production was there. And if you look at the Niners, other than Debo Samuel, there's really not much there, especially for a deep threat down the field, and I think he's one of the guys that will help them. And then for the last pick in the first round, we have the Chiefs taking Zach Bond, outside linebacker for Wisconsin. Uh, Four-year starter for Wisconsin, really good on the edge, very athletic. Be a good size for uh, for an outside linebacker. Can get to the quarterback, can play in coverage. Again, makes that linebacking core for the Chiefs much more athletic, and I think it's going to help them in a lot of ways. And to round out the rest of the picks, you have the Seahawks taking Terrell Lewis, Ravens going Kenneth Murray, I like that Titans too. and Trevon Diggs. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure – I don't think this the my surprise pick that I think is going to happen. It's not actually – it's it's probably not too much of a surprise, but – the Vikings are going to move up in some way, shape, or form and take Jake Fromm out of Georgia. Really? I think so. In the second round or in the first round? Well, see, that's what I'm not sure. They might go and get the Chiefs' 30-second pick, take him just to, for safety. You don't have to give up much to get a 30-second no. overall well, pick. It's still the first round. Yeah, but I don't know. It's it's cheaper than a 10th overall. I think a guy like Jake Fromm, you could definitely get a guy like Jake Fromm in the second round. Well, he's projected going the second round. He's, yeah. he's not a superstar by any means. Mm-hmm. There's also rumors that the Patriots might take him, too, because yeah. you just never know, and he's a lot better than Jarrett Stidham. I also think a guy like Jacob Eason, quarterback out of that, yeah, Washington, he's, too. I'm surprised could. there's not a whole lot of quarterbacks in this draft. It's not really other than Tua. It's not really a really deep Yeah, deep not like last year's class. or two years ago. I think next ago. year's class would be much better with guys like Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, so that's that's going to be crazy. Everyone's going to yeah, fight he's already next year. he's already number one pick. So if you're whoever's well, he's tanking, number one pick once he graduated high school. So dude. whoever's tanking next year, you're you're tanking for Trevor. So yep. whoever needs a quarterback, you might as well just throw in the chips now we're tanking. But I think yep, I think the Vikings do somehow find a way to get Jake Fromm and then they're going to move on from Kirk once his contract ends and they actually can, you know, sign players. There are always and some very interesting trades going on in the draft and Yep. Kind of like how the NBA went today, but before we get to the NBA, we're going to go talk about a little bit of the ML, the MLB. Mm-hmm. I know Hunter probably wouldn't be a huge fan of this trade, but nope. I think he would appreciate the what the Twins are trying to do. Yep. So Mookie Betts trade, as of right now, be, 
until the latest hiccup was David Price and Mookie go and half of David Price's remaining contract Jeez. in cash go to L.A. Alex Verdugo and Bruzdar Gratterall from go to Boston and Kente Maeda goes to the Twins. I mean, statistically speaking, Kente Maeda is a little bit better than Wheeler and a lot Much cheaper. Cheap, yeah. Four years, twelve million on his contract. I think there's incentives here and there, but he's thirty-one. Gratterall, twenty-one. Bruzdar Gratterall is the future of the Twins bullpen. Kente Maeda, I don't know. What do you just want him to eat innings? A third starter in rotation. Yeah, I mean, we do need pitching depth, but I don't think he is the trade chip to get. He's not going to win you a playoff game, and he's not going to win you a game in the playoffs. No. Especially against the Yankees or the Astros. I mean, he'll have his flashes of brilliance during the regular season, but when it comes down to it, yeah, sure, he is in the melting pot of Dodgers territory. Yeah. Or that is insanely hard to be at. But I don't know. I just don't see – I do not think this was a great trade. I was looking at all the rankings, and everyone said the Twins – got out the worst value because they gave up a great prospect in Gratterall for a literal win-now move. Yeah, that's... Because they realize, yeah, okay, I'll I'll admit, the Twins' World Series window is from now until three years from now. They have a three-year window. And they made a move to win-now. They referenced that, yeah, the Cubs lost the Glyber-Torres trade for Chapman, but they didn't care because they won the World Series. Yep. You know, I, I get that, but... My, I am all about longevity in franchises and dynasties. You, you don't establish a dynasty in a win now mentality. Yeah, but you, when you you're, don't. When you're the twins, you don't really have the. Yeah, you don't have happen. the luxury. You don't have the market. Blah 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 blah. Yeah, I get that. But just thinking about this, and I don't know. I, I, I loved Bruce Dargradrall. I loved what, how fast he threw a sinker at 101 miles an hour. It was just unfair. I mean, he had a lot of potential, but again, there's also questions about his size and his injury proneness. Yeah, you know, when you throw 101, usually your arm doesn't really stay together that well. Yeah, he's also already had Tommy John, and that he's again only 21, so having TJ at 18, 19. I think it's just a big um, high risk, high reward kind of thing. Oh, absolutely. And they're really banking on him. Don't want to. I don't want to bless an injury on somebody, oh, God, but they're no. really hoping that he doesn't really pan out to be the kind of reliever he right. is or should be. And that we're also assuming Kente Maeda, nothing happens to him. Yeah. 31 years old. You know, he's he's on his miles, last set of tires. A lot yeah. of miles on him. But again, but, I, hey, I got to appreciate the Twins going out and trying. They're, they're trying. Yeah, that's, but that's they could have done way better for Bruce Dargratterall than Kente yeah, Maeda. They could have done way better. Yeah, but, and they're trying. And it's just like, just like the Wild Cup years ago. Chuck Flesher said we're going all in. Right now the Twins are kind of putting some of their chips in the middle, saying we're kind of going to go out. We're kind of going to yeah, go in here. We'll wait till the big pot's that. bigger, but yeah. I don't know. I don't mind that, though. They're trying, and that's... I, I like seeing progress, but I don't like seeing stupid trades, and this to me was yeah. a stupid trade. Don't force it if you don't need to. And exactly. I, I thought they forced this trade a little bit. Yeah. But, again... Moving on in other MLB news, Pete Rose uses the Astros scandal to ask for reinstatement. And I actually think this is kind of funny. He's got a point. He does have a point. I mean, look at it. He he asked Commissioner Rob Maddenfred on Wednesday to remove his name from Major League Baseball's ineligible list. Okay, which would he'd be allowed to be inducted to the Hall of Fame? And he's he's got a great point that his lifetime ban is vastly dis- disproportionate when compared to MLB's punishment of players who took PH or PEDs and players involved in the sign stealing scheme. I, 
Well, I mean, if you're not going to ban the teams or the players that participate in this, why are you banning someone that betted for his team when betting in baseball is now legal? I mean, I've had this discussion with Greenberg years ago, you guys a couple episodes ago. I am all for putting Pete Rose in the oh, Hall of Fame. Oh, definitely, definitely. Best, the one hit of the best king, shooters, yeah. The hit king. And they're just like excluding him because he gambled. Okay. I think there's got to be like an actual criteria for their no, yeah for their for their list. I think it just can't be oh because you did this oh because well, you exactly. did there's got to be straight strict guidelines to mm-hmm. who qualifies and who doesn't. And this this is similar to the NCAA is with their drug policy. They say here's a list of examples of drugs that are that are going to get you banned, but it's not a definite list. So please ask your athletic trainer if this is good or not. No. Give me a list that is yes or no. Yep. The MLB needs the same thing. If you do this, this, and this, you'll be banned from the Hall of Fame. If you don't do all that, you're good to go. But I don't know. It's just... The thing that irks me about his about Pete Rose's situation is he never bet against the other team. He always bet on himself. Yeah. And, I definitely bet when he knew he was going to win, and too. And Pete Rose is not the guy to throw games. Like, if there's no. one guy... He is an ultimate competitor. Exactly. If there's one guy who's never going to throw a game, it's Pete Rose, and that's what bothers me the most. Yeah. I, I would get if you would have bet for the other team and then threw the game and then won. Mm-hmm. But he's always betting on himself. Well, exactly. So. And we're just going to move on to the NBA, and the Timberwolves are literally doing something finally. They are just... They, they're blowing so, it all up. Which blowing is long up. needed, but to start off with, Robert Covington got traded to the Houston Rockets and part of a 14-12 player trade. So the Houston Rockets acquired Robert Covington and then traded Clint Capella to the Hawks as part of, again, the 14-12 player trade. And the breakdown is this. Minnesota acquires Atlanta's Evan Turner and and Denver's Jared Vanderbilt. Denver acquires Minnesota's guard Shabazz Napier, forward Keita Bates-Diop, forward Noah Vonley, and then the injured guard Gerald Green. Atlanta acquires Nene Hilario who I didn't even know had a last name because in all the 2K video games is just Nene. Houston receives Jordan Bell from Minnesota and Atlanta's 2024 second round pick via the Golden State Warriors. Atlanta is waiving Chandler Parsons and his expiring $25.1 million contract to create roster space to complete this trade. And I also read somewhere that I'm pretty sure that the uh, Timberwolves got a lottery-protected pick via the Brooklyn Nets in this trade, but... That might have been when they were talking with the Golden State Warriors. I do not see this in this list right now, but I don't know. I like this trade for the Timberwolves. Again, just starting to blow things up. I really like it. I think you get a guy in every Oh, yeah, the Timberwolves keep the best available first-round pick in the trade deadline. Atlanta's 2020 first round via the Nuts. Okay, perfect. Even better. So, yeah, I think, again, blowing things up, I like it. I mean, it wasn't working before, guys. like. Oh, God, no. Guys like Andrew Wiggins who just were not productive, and I think it's really time for them to start moving on from him. And then my favorite thing that broke today was the Warriors finally, finally traded D'Lo to the Wolves for Andrew Wiggins. This is an A-plus trade for the Timberwolves. My God. So D'Angelo Russell, Jacob Evans, and Omari Spellman are going to the Timberwolves, and the Warriors get Andrew Wiggins, a 2021 top three protected first-round pick, and the 2021 second-round pick from the Timberwolves. Holy cow, did they just swipe that. Do you think that's a lot for D'Angelo Russell? No, because looking at what the scheme that Garrison Rosas and Ryan Saunders are implementing in Minnesota, perfect fit. Andrew Wiggins, horrible fit. 
can't consistently shoot, wasn't a point guard, terrible ball handler, didn't really work well in pick and rolls. He's more of a slasher, in my opinion, and D'Lo comes in. Consistent three-point shooter, great offensive floor general, in my opinion, can thread the needles on double teams. Mm-hmm. So Cat can actually play. And a guy a Cat actually wants to play with. I thought. Oh, yeah, this is one of Cat's buddies. There's an article a few years back where I think it's actually this past summer that D'Angelo Russell, Carl Anthony Towns, and Devin Booker dream that one day they will all play on the same team. They're really close friends. And the Timberwolves are two-thirds completing this dream. Now, they don't have anything for firepower to trade for Devin Booker. Not a chance could they ever trade for him. They have to wait till 2024 when he's a free agent to sign him, and Devin Booker will be 27. Entering the... Prime of his career? Yeah, a little past his prime. I'd say the prime of Devin Booker's career is going to be 25, 26. He'll be well into his prime when he's 27. So it'll just be take, just on the ground running with this dude. But if the 2021 top pick, being it is top three protected, if it falls out of the top three, it conveys to a 22. It conveys to 2022 and is unprotected. So I don't know. We'll see. I think that's a fair price. Because I, we fleeced them. I just really think it was about time to get Andrew Wiggins out. Oh, God, I never – I had good hopes for him in the beginning of the career, but once I figured out that Andrew Wiggins wasn't that good and once he got his max contract, he didn't care. Because remember remember that article that came out when Glenn Taylor says, I'll pay you, Andrew Wiggins, but you got to promise me you're not going to be a slacker. You actually yeah. have to play, play for your pay. Yeah. The fact that that was ever a headline just told me all about his work ethic, all about everything I needed to know. And it's hopefully makes Cat happy and actually makes him. Oh yeah, Cat's getting pissed off with the losing. When he has a guy like Daniel Russell giving the ball. Oh yeah, now he's yeah. You got a buddy on his team now. I mean, Cat was pretty sad to see uh, Robert Covington go because that was his best friend on the team. They meshed really well when he came to town Mm -hmm. with the Jimmy Butler trade. Yeah. So I don't know. We're not definitely going to be competing the rest of this year, but I'm actually going to start watching Timberwolves games. Step in the right direction. Yep. Moving on to the NHL, we're going to not talk about the Minnesota Wild because Nick Sealer is now on the Blackhawks via waiver. Really? Yep. The former Edina Eagle. Yep, and went to Nebraska Omaha, transferred back to the Gophers. Mm -hmm. Just, I really loved him. And the fact that we got nothing, nothing for Nick I mean, he was a bottom line defenseman. But he was still good. I consider him a top, easily top six. He wasn't a seventh defender by any means. But Alex Ovechkin is, what, 34, 35? He's getting up there, a lot of miles on his And stage. he's two goals away from 700 career goals. Absolutely unbelievable in the day and age of hockey. The other, the other night he recorded his 27th career hat trick. And, yeah, like I said, he's at 698. And he did this hat trick in a five-minute stretch in the third period. Granted, his last goal was an empty netter. But his other two goals just... Unbelievable. We'll never see a goal scorer like him again. No. Unbelievable. My only question to you, Trav, is will he ever, ever catch up to Wayne Gretzky's 890, what is it, 894? 894. I mean, he's definitely, if he keeps playing, especially at this top high of a level, I know he's well past his prime, mm-hmm. but if he, he's still playing at a very high level, especially at his mm-hmm. age. Again, if he can still consistently do this, he, he has a legitimate shot of doing it, I think. He's at 698. Mike Gartner is at 708. Phil Esposito is 717. Marcel Dion is 731. Brett Hall, 741. Go dogs. Yermir Yager, 766. Yeah, if Yamir can do it, I think Ovi can do it. Gordy Howe, 801. 
And then Wayne Gretzky at 8.94. I think Ovechkin will get to... I bet you he passes Yarmir Yager. I, I think he's definitely top three, yeah. I don't know if he'll get to 800 because that's 100 more goals. But then again, he's also scoring like 40, 50 goals a year. Yeah, yeah. 33 That's what he needs per year, roughly. Yeah. So it's just kind of... I think he could. He could. I suppose if he, he keeps playing in Nicholas Backstrom, yeah, I'll, I'll, on that top line, and he, he scores the majority of his goals on the power play. He definitely could do it. Two hundred fifty-nine goals are on the power play. That's already more than Gretzky. And if he, I know, I know, he probably doesn't want to do this for long, like the longevity of his career, but he could just stay on a team, like just keep trading, going from team to team, putting up like. 15, 20 goals a year. I don't see him ever leaving That's why I don't think he would do that. He's third on the all-time power play list, power play goals list with 259. Brett Hall is 265. And then Dave Andrichuk was 274. Pretty interesting considering he was a well-traveled player. Or, again, like he could stay in a team like the Capitals and just play special teams and just rack up the power play goals. Yeah, he's a phenom. We'll never see another player like him. No, I completely agree with you on that. So... Before we wrap everything up, Trav, I see you have some UFC picks you want to yep, go through. The UFC card this weekend. I need UFC. I need a bit of redemption for my picks. Yeah, you do. Especially after last time. UFC 247, John Jones versus Dominic Reyes. John Bone Jones. Johnny look at Bones. That. Hopefully he's, he's not on the picograms. Um <laughs> anyway, again, again, for the UFC, man, please, when you have a guy like Conor McGregor, John Jones on the card, stack the card, please, for all of us. For all of us UFC fans, don't make this a boring card like it is. Anyway, so the first fight, we got John Jones versus Dominic Reyes. As we all know, John Jones, the GOAT, light heavyweight mm-hmm. GOAT anyway. He could arguably the greatest of all time. First, a guy in Dominic Reyes, 12-0, new fresh blood in the light heavyweight division. Yep. Again, it's kind of going to be a thing where is John Jones motivated to fight this? When you're John Jones and you, fight, you fought the likes of Leonardo Machida, Chael Sonnen, Rampage Jackson, it's kind of a thing where it's like, is he playing with his food at this point? Like, does he actually want to be there against these guys? I know he's always flirted with going to heavyweight and fighting guys like Stipe and Brock Lesnar. But I really hope that John Jones is right for this fight. Hopefully it's not another decision like it has been in the other two fights. I think he gets it done within three rounds. TKO here, Dominic Reyes. You think so? Yep. What are your thoughts, Greg? Is this a three-round fight or this five? This is a five-round fight. A five? Championship fight. Championship. Okay. Light heavyweight championship of the world. All right. Um, You know, it's a great question, Trav. I think John Jones is going to win. I think so. Yeah, that's a safe bet. But I don't think he's going to do it till the fourth. Fourth round? Fourth round, TKO. TKO? Yep. I like that pick. It's a good pick. And then the co-main event of the evening, we have Valentina Shevchenko versus Caitlin Chukagian. Again, a girl like Valentina Shevchenko, is she, does she really want to be there? Really just destroying everybody. Dana White puts in her way. Chukagian the next for her in that, in that Bantamweight division, or the featherweight division. I really think that again. What's she gonna do? I really think that I think she's gonna. Te- I think she's gonna knock her out. Do you see her last knockout of um, Jessica I? No. The head kick to the face. Ooh. Watch that. I really thought she died. And I think she's <laughs> gonna. I think she's gonna destroy Shukagan in the second round knockout. I bet you it's a split decision with Shevchenkov. With uh, Shevchenko. Yeah, Shev- I can't even pronounce Russian names. I'm half Slavic. Yeah, That's Valentina Shevchenko. Shevchenko's gonna win. Safe Split pass. decision. Split decision. It's three rounds, right? This would be a five-round fight. Oh, really? Yep. Ooh. I might actually change that then. We'll come back to that one. Yep. And then, since the card sucks, um, the final fight on the main card is Derek Lewis versus Ir Latifi. The Black Beast is coming back. You know, the guy who said my balls are hot, that guy? <laughs> yeah, I love that dude. He's back, <laughs> fighting his hometown of Houston. Again, well, I was a guaranteed one if he's fighting hometown. Yeah. 
Um, That's his turf. This could either be the most interesting fight or the most brutal knockout on the card, or it could be the most boring snooze fest fight on the card. Because you're a Tifi, big wrestling background. This is his first fight at heavyweight. Really short. I think he's like 5'9", 5'8", really short. Derek Lewis is, what, 6'3"? Damn. He has to cut weight to make heavyweight. Okay. So it's going to be a very interesting matchup, I think. It's going to be a fun stare down, in my opinion. So I think Derek Lewis gets it done with a third-round KO. All right. This is a three-round fight. This is three round fight. Okay, yep. going back to Shevchenko, I'm gonna go fourth round TKO. Okay. I'll I'll just right. keep that similar with my first pick. Again, Valentina, does she want to be there? She's already, she's fought really the who's who of all. Yeah. She she may drag into just a split decision. You yeah. never know. But I, I think, think I think she'll be ready. Yep. But Derek Lewis is gonna. This is a three round fight. You said yep. right. Yep. I I agree with you. It's gonna be a three round KO. And I hate to basically copy you. That's right. But well, I, your picks are just the first two are kind of gimmies. Like I don't yeah. see John Jones ever losing, and I don't Not see to some dude that's only twelve and zero coming out of Bellator. <laughs> what do you mean out of Bellator? He's on a twelve fight win streak. I'm I think just, six of them are in the UFC. But. Yeah, six of them are in the UFC. Let's just say this: John Jones has ten title defenses, and Dominic Reyes, Dominic Reyes has a total of twelve fights. So that's what I'm saying. Some John Bone Jones against some dude I have never actually heard yeah. of. So is John Jones going to show up? Well, you might as Hopefully well. Hopefully he doesn't get upset. Put on a show. Yeah. Derek Lewis, third round, KO. He's going to knock this dude out. I'm really excited. But did you see the headline of Khabib and McGregor? Oh, you, you won't pay him. Khabib you, won't fight You can't pay him enough dollars. money to fight that idiot ever again? It's kind of a thing where I look at it is, is Khabib kind of scared of Connor? Is he kind of scared of Connor? I actually, Dude, I actually legitimately think he doesn't want to waste his time in another fight. If you're Khabib, like all everything is in your in your place. Like yeah. you could have this fight in Moscow. It's a tough matchup for Connor for being mm-hmm. a striker. Khabib's a wrestler, like, and if, for his legacy. Like if you beat Connor McGregor twice, look what that does for your legacy. Yeah, and he doesn't want to fight him again. I think he he could be kind of scared. Granted, I think. Khabib wins it if they fight again. That's not the fight I want to see right away for Connor or Khabib right after. And first of all, can we just get this out? Can we please put this on the table first? Khabib has to beat Tony. Tony Ferguson's no slouch. Tony Ferguson is also on like a 12 fight win streak. He's cooking. Tony Ferguson is a monster. When are they fighting? That is April, sometime in April. I forget what day. But can we just please stop with this Khabib Connor's. Khabib's got to beat Tony. Maybe that's why he said that, because he's already preparing for one fight. He's why talk about Tony. another? He's got to be Tony, and I think, I think Tony could win so that fight. So if Tony wins... Total, Tony could legitimately win that fight. So if Tony wins, I'm assuming then Khabib and McGregor have no interest in fighting probably each other not. whatsoever. It would probably be Conor versus Tony. You think so? Yeah. All right. Well, ending on that note, thanks to everyone for tuning in to Season 4, Episode 4 of Calling an Audible. You can catch us debating, laughing, and having fun all season long with our episodes on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube. You can also follow us on Twitter at CallAudiblePod for updates as well as links to our full episodes. For my co-host Trav, thanks for listening, and we'll see you again on our next episode. Calling an Audible is made possible through the assistance of the University of Minnesota Crookston Media Services Department and executive producer James Pogachnik. The views expressed on Calling an Audible are not necessarily the views of the University of Minnesota Crookston or its affiliates.